Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Today, we've got a masterpiece on Monday night. Mind-blowing numbers on a future Hall of Famer. We've got point spreads, we've got playoff teams, and we got sharks on the East Coast. All that and more, let's go. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, the one place to start, as always, is with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise in our studio to provide it after we wrap up a fun and spirited morning on Get Up Today. Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth, good enough to hang out. Thank you, as always, fellas. Love it. All right, but nothing you love more than last night. Jeff, how would you describe your emotions watching the New England Patriots rush the ball 46 times and only throw it three in a win in Buffalo? Twas glorious. <laughs> if I hear you all do involved. this again. <laughs> I mean, the art, the uh, beauty, just partake uh, in the love of offensive line play and how great it is. We talk about the quarterback being the most important position. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, we don't need it, Matt. Jones, all he did was hand the ball off. In fact, the three passing plays were probably the three worst plays in the game. So if we're being honest about the way this thing looks, it was awesome. It I absolutely, art. It, it was not art or beautiful. I understand it was impressive, but it wasn't art. It was a street fight in an street alley lies. with bats. Like, it wasn't <laughs> an art. It was just a bully fight. Like, it wasn't anything artistic about it. It was like, you guys, no, you're not going to stop us. We're going to smash you in the face. I, and look. I, I loved that. If, if that if we get that game one time a season, it's yeah, certainly it's nice. a fascinating, nice little outlier, and it's fun to watch, and it's it's interesting to dissect. And frankly, it is the perfect storm, if you will, for the Patriots last night. Because right. what have we said about the Bills? Their lack of physicality. They yep. don't stop the run. They don't want to run the ball, and the Patriots don't really want to do anything else. So in that regard, it worked to their benefit. But Dominique, help me try and understand this. We never really got to to the bottom of this on Get Up. Whenever I'm watching a big game, uh, let's say a playoff game, and it's a bad weather game, I always feel a little bit cheated because I always feel like this is now going to be less about who's better and more about who handles the conditions better. Is that what we saw last night, or are the Patriots actually better than Buffalo? Yeah, I think that they're closer than um, the conditions would suggest. Like The conditions were prime for a Patriots-style game. The conditions for um, a Josh Allen game would be very different. This team wants to pass the ball. It'd be a lot more open. It'd be a lot more like modern NFL offense. It's interesting because he has the arm strength to survive in those conditions more than Mac Jones. So I actually thought that he would play a little better than he did, even though he played well. Um, Josh Allen, that is. But I do wholeheartedly believe that the big question remaining for the Patriots to answer is how good is Mac Jones really? And that question wasn't answered last night. That, that's how you're going to beat the Patriots is you put the game on Mac Jones' shoulders. And in order to force them to put the ball in Mac Jones' hands, you're going to have to score a lot of points. It's tough to do that when you can't even kick a field goal without the ball getting blown into the stands nearly. Right. So last night was not a fully indicative of who would be a better team in neutral I'm, conditions. I'm, I'm so disappointed in you right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could not be more disappointed in Dominique uh, than I am right now. I mean, here's the defensive player telling me how pretty conditioned would change the game how how far do we have to go back to remember the bills playing jacksonville in jacksonville beautiful conditions and scoring six points against jacksonville jaguar like to, to act like that the buffalo bills offense is this juggernaut that that, that that bill belichick and steve belichick and this defensive minds can't stop or slow down 
I think this game would have been worse in better conditions. I think it did limit the ability for the Patriots to try to push the ball downfield with Mac Jones because of how it opens up. Because they are the number one team in the NFL in play action. So let's not miss that they will try to take advantage. But when you think about the Bills, every team they've played that has been physical, whether it's the Titans, the Colts, now the Patriots, there's been no answer. Like, it's not scheme, folks. It's when we're going to line up, put our hands in the dirt, how are you going to respond? The response from the Bills has not been what they expected at the beginning of the season. It was just a strange night, but I, I, I think all of us, again, to watch it once, I really enjoyed. That's not the football <laughs> you want to watch all the time, Agreed. unless you're Jeff Saturday. Yes. But it was fun to watch. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. And where it leaves us is with the Patriots as the number one seed in the AFC as we speak. Tom Brady and his Buccaneers on the other mm. side right now sitting looking up at Arizona in the standings. But according to our analytics... They are the two likeliest teams, the likeliest each in their respective conference, to make it to the Super Bowl. Could we be living in a world, Dominique, oh. where we get Bill versus Brady Man. in the Super Bowl? We all hope so. I mean, not that the Super Bowl needs any help with its ratings, but I think that you cannot ask for a better matchup, a more enticing, exciting mm. matchup. I think Swagoo made the point this morning on Get Up that we rarely get these kind of sports questions answered the question being, who's more important, Brady or Belichick? We won't get an answer if they play each other, but we might as well. Like, it's the way that it's going to be framed. It's the way that everyone's going to approach it, no matter what they say. Even the robot that is Bill Belichick, he's going to get caught up in this. He won't tell us. He won't say anything right. to us. But if you were able to give him some truth serum, a.k.a. cognac, he might go <laughs> ahead and, and let you know that he really is uh, looking forward to that. He would be looking forward to that matchup and would love nothing more than to shut down Ooh. Tom Brady like you could give Bill Belichick a Super Bowl it won't mean nearly as much unless he could do it against Tom Brady and like hold him to to seven points would he would you? be so happy if they won 10 to 7 and oh. oh Bill Belichick might have a moment on the field that none of us should be allowed to watch <laughs> he'll just take his his coaching shoes oh. and, and his headset oh, and retire. set it on the 50 and oh. just walk out I'm done that's all I needed to do I think of beauty oh. you know it, it is interesting because it wouldn't give us the answer to the question was it more Brady or Bill but it would give them bragging rights forever oh which i think privately would matter to them both and maybe it would to anyone Heck you know yeah. it, it would have to matter to at least some degree absolutely listen if you don't think these guys are going to rib each other you don't think brady after the season is going to be like hey i came up to the house you saw what i did you saw you mean like they, they're going to have fun with it. it's not personal do you think they, they have fun with it absolutely. Do brady and bill have fun absolutely. with it absolutely in, in public yes yes in private no it's gonna be yeah but but i remember the first time i beat my dad in basketball it felt so great for me, and he was not happy. I imagine this is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like I could beat my friends all the time. It didn't matter. But when I beat the guy who I was spending all this time with, who I have this relationship with, who I have been beating that. me my whole life. But I don't know that they have that relationship. Like, I don't I don't see Brady and Bill hanging out together. Like, I, I just I, don't think they matter. have it. I think, I think it's more than, listen, I think it's more than you think. I think these guys appreciate each other more than you think. And I think the relationship at the end obviously had soured to a degree. But but listen, they, there is a ton of respect between these guys. And they are going to cross paths you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of more times for all the celebrations are going to do. It will. It will. They have to keep it kosher, for lack of a better term. All right, I, I, on this show, that's an appropriate term. <laughs> uh, let's make this straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Right now, who is the biggest threat to New England in the AFC? If you had to pick a team, and it's, I'm telling you right now, New England it. is not going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I we mean, all know who Jeff is going to go say. on and say it. I like. Uh, 
team in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, you do. Called the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. <laughs> Because they're so good on defense. Yeah, their right? defense is outstanding right now. But I think that the the offense still has that potential, and I think that that's the risk. With the, the Colts, I know it's a team you're going to say, they're going to have to beat the Patriots playing the Patriots game. Now you're asking a lot for Frank Reich to outcoach um, Bill Belichick, and you're asking a lot for Carson Wentz to outplay Mac Jones. The difference with, with um, the Chiefs is they have that ability to reach an offensive ceiling that will force Mac Jones into playing a style of game that he has yet to play to show that he can play in this league. So that's why maybe the Chiefs aren't the best team, but they have what could scare Mac Jones in, uh, in the Patriots. I, I love all of your points and especially about Frank, because lest we forget, did beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl with right. the Eagles with Nick Foles. He was so he so as we coach. he okay he was calling all the plays offensively yeah. and he still does that. And you think about Carson Wentz, who has flown completely under the radar this season. The guy has played good football. Now he's made two bonehead plays against the Tennessee Titans that cost him the game. I, I, obviously, I butchered him on this show and every other show for doing that. But Jonathan Taylor, who you and I both agree is an MVP candidate, he yes. may not get it, but this combo. guy's playing lights out. They have a great offensive line and their defense is stingy and they lead the league in turnovers and points off of turnovers the that if you you think set they can a formula beat the you think they can beat the Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots game? yes okay well that's, I do that's, I do and I not, think I think it would be easier to beat them that way than with the way the Chiefs will have to beat them I think it plays into the Patriots scheme for for Patrick Mahomes to have to beat him the way that he's having to play now well especially if he turns the ball over let, let me actually live in that one for a minute because I'm, I'm fascinated by this what has happened to Patrick Mahomes? When you watch the Chiefs, it looks like they have someone has kidnapped yeah. Patrick Mahomes, yes. Tyreek Hill, Kelsey to a degree, Andy Reid, all these guys that we've seen put together the greatest offense, one of the great offenses of all time, and they're still out there. The people are, but it just doesn't look the same. What happened? Let to me them? say this: I actually like the way they're having to win because I think it makes them better for the playoffs. Here's the deal with Mahomes: everybody's putting these interceptions on Mahomes and the turnovers. Like the the receivers had four drops yeah. last last week, and they had a tip that became an interception again. This has happened multiple times for Patrick Mahomes. Everybody keeps blaming the thing on Mahomes. He is actually playing better football, and he is doing what the defense is allowing him to do his receivers haven't stepped up and I'm, I'm telling you I played on one of the best offenses in NFL history when teams constrict you to not having big plays there is frustration and it doesn't just go to the quarterback it goes to the receivers and the skilled players as well equally and they feel that pressure so they try to do things they take their eye off the ball because they want to go make that explosive yeah. yards after catch type play and, and you're seeing it snowball, but I'm telling you, they're still finding ways to win. This team is still explosive when they get the opportunity, when defenses give it to them. Yeah, they've had a lot of bad luck on turnovers, yeah. which is not, is not, uh, which will go away. However, they haven't been making the plays when they haven't had those turnovers, not consistently enough. And I think too much is made of this too high safety look as if somehow cover two or cover four doesn't, cover two is the second coverage ever created. Right. It's cover two. <laughs> I think, I think Andy Reid's got a cover two beater. Like that's not the problem. The problem is that they can't be consistently efficient in a way that they were in the past. I, I, the problem is 
They just don't look like themselves. We, yeah. we, we showed the highlights on Monday, and the guys were RC and those guys and Danny were talking about how Tyreek Hill almost looks like he's fighting the ball. Like yeah. he's not just, he looks uncomfortable. That's they've the lost, tightness you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they've lost that, their confidence and, and their swag, if you will, which feels like a big part of it. Guys, you're the best. I could do this all day long. The pancakes today were outstanding, Love as it. always. Mm-hmm. It, is, uh, it is my new favorite thing that we do on the show. Thank you both uh, for you. being here. Nick, I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Outstanding work. All right, as we continue uh, here after I remind you that what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination is that they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution you can get in the zone with AutoZone. Coming up next, I got a little trivia for you. Plus, I have some numbers on a player you already know is great that I promise are going to blow your mind. Don't miss them. Next, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, so again, the uh, the assembled members of the Hashtag crew are here. Hashtag uh, Hembo, first off, how are you? I'm doing well, Greeny. Nuno, what's going on? Not much, Greeny. Not much. Bubs, how are we feeling today? You good? All right, doing great. We got the crew together here, and we're going to do a little trivia here. I always enjoy it, and it, I can see the question. It's got multiple answers, so I'll see if, if I may need to enlist some support from the fellas here. Let's see how we do. Hembo, what's the question? Five different quarterbacks have beaten Bill Belichick and the Patriots in the playoffs after having already beaten them in that same regular season. Now, I obviously thought of this because, well, Brady beat Bill this year already in the, in, in the regular season. Right. And we're talking about that collision course, and we probably will for the next couple months. So I asked myself, well, how many times has that happened? As it turns out, it has happened five times with five different quarterbacks. So you are specifying Belichick in, and the Patriots. Right. So it does not go back to Belichick's time in Cleveland. Correct. Because he did make the playoffs that year. So there could be one there. So, guys, five different quarterbacks have beaten Belichick and the Patriots in the playoffs after beating them in the same regular season. I've written down three of them. We're, gonna, we're just going to noodle our answers here, and we'll come up with our list of five okay. and see how we do. Got it. All right. So Nuno and Bubba. I think Mark Sanchez is one of them. Sanchez definitely beat him in a playoff game. They got obliterated in one of their two meetings that year. That was the Monday night game. Mike and I were there. They lost, I think it was 45-3. to three. But they played twice a year, and I think they won the other matchup. The, the, others, the guys who beat them a lot, I have to believe that Roethlisberger and Flacco both have a chance to be the right answer to a question here. What else? Who am I forgetting? Who would be 
two other quarterbacks who would have beaten Bill and the Patriots in the playoffs after beating them in the same regular season. Uh, who else? Uh, Manning? Did- I'm getting silence. Oh, oh, Peyton. I mean, I didn't even think of Peyton. Okay. Gotta that certainly Peyton, feels like right? a likelihood. And, and, and one more. Yeah, we we one thought more. of those same three that you did. We had those three, we too. We need one more, Nuno. I'm th- hasn't he always had some trouble with Denver? Who was it that beat it? Was Jake Plummer the guy who beat him? I think Osweiler beat him. Osweiler beat him in a but playoff I, I don't game? Know. No, he beat him, I think, in a regular season game. But, I don't, reg- know if, but I don't think he beat him in a Jake playoff. Jake Plummer beat him in a playoff game for sure. Now, the question is, would they? Ha- would he have beaten them in the regular season that same year? Hembo was smiling at me, so I can't make up my mind if you just have the worst poker face in the entire <laughs> world. Or Probably. Or if you're delighted at how far off the course we are. Well, in the interest of not taking forever here, is there anyone obvious I'm forgetting, Nuno? No. The only guy I was thinking about was Eli, but in that second one, but I don't remember if they played him that season. I didn't think of Super Bowls. Hold on a second. So, okay, I didn't think of Super Bowls. So it's not Foles, right? Foles definitely wouldn't have beat him that year. Eli beat him twice in Super Bowls. Did they beat it? They definitely lost to him in the regular season, the perfect season. But there was another... He won a game up in Foxborough, but I just don't remember what year that was. That's my only issue with the Eli answer. And what's the other Super Bowl they lost? What, um, the other Super Bowl they lost was – oh, no, they lost three. That's it. They've only lost three. Okay, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm thinking of something that doesn't exist. Okay, so that's interesting to me. Is Eli Manning – is it possible that Eli and Peyton are both correct answers here? And if so, who am I taking off the list? All right, in the interest of not taking forever with this. I'm going to say we're going to go one at a time. Okay. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is correct. Okay, very good. I like that. Okay. I'm going to say Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is also correct. 2006. Okay. Uh, I just have a good... I'm going to say Eli Manning. Eli Manning is correct. Oh, yes. 2011, Whoa! Nuno. Yeah, 2011, Nuno. Eli Manning. Yeah, Nuno. 3 All right, we got Ben, Flacco, and Plummer left. We got two more right ones here. Um, they always lose to the Ravens. I'm going to say Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is also correct. Oh, baby. 2012. Okay. One more. I've got Ben and Plummer written down here. What way, do you think? By the what? way, yeah. oh, man. one of those is correct. One of those is correct. <laughs> it is either Ben Woo! or Plummer. That is correct. I, I'm going to say that despite it not being quite as obvious as the other, I'm going to say that the answer is Jake Plummer. That is correct. Oh, oh we got it right. Wow. Let's go. Well done, my friend. Oh, that's so good. Well done. Oh, I've never been this happy wow, in my entire life. One. That is well done. All right. Nuno, no one else is going to get that one. That was outstanding. That's an amazing pull. That we would not have one. gotten Eli. Wow. That is great. Okay, very well done. I invite you to listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series explaining how sports impacts our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career, brought to you by State Farm and available wherever you get your podcast. That actually brings me back to the whole Brady bill of it all. If we are indeed staring at Bill and Brady in the Super Bowl, can I make a prediction? Brady will play much better than he played in their first meeting because as ludicrous as this sounds, while the rest of us will make this the biggest game of all time, I actually think to him going back to Foxborough will wind up having been the bigger game. I think I I know that he will want the Super Bowl so badly, and I know he'll want to beat Bill in the Super Bowl, but I think that there is something about the tactile... Um, 
sort of uh, sensory experience of going back to Foxborough that was totally different. Playing that game in a neutral site, in a neutral field, he'll want it badly, but I don't think that wanting it so badly is the reason that the game in New England got to him. I think that the fans, the familiarity, just all of that stuff, I think, got to Brady. If you remember watching that game, he did not look comfortable that night. This will be much more, as crazy as it sounds, much more comfortable for him. If he gets there, it'll be his 11th Super Bowl. Everything else will be the same. And yeah, they'll ask him a lot of questions about Bill, but they ask him a lot of questions every single year about something. So I actually think Brady will be more comfortable, less anxious, or whatever the appropriate word is, playing Belichick in the Super Bowl than he was in Foxborough. In the same way, I think that is an entirely different game week four if it's played in Tampa. Hmm. I think if that game, if Patriots-Bucks this, this year had been in Tampa, I think Brady plays much better. And I think he plays much better if they meet in the Super Bowl, which means if Belichick's going to beat him, Mac Jones is going to have to have a day. And you think Mac Jones has demonstrated so far that he can go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady? No, no one can go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. If Brady scores 40 points, then no, absolutely not. But Belichick has an excellent defense. They only scored 19 points in that game. I think that Belichick might be able to limit them to 27 or something like that. And if they do that, I give Mac Jones, yes, I would give the Patriots a chance. I'm a Mac Jones believer. Now, the one thing we saw last night, and this I think bodes badly for the Patriots in the playoffs, one of the reasons they didn't throw the ball last night is because that's where the lack of arm strength comes in. Mac Jones has a good enough arm he does not have a great arm or anything even approaching that, and the wind really impacts him. I know this extraordinarily well as a fan because Mac Jones reminds me a lot of Chad Pennington. When Chad first came into the league, and, and any Jet fan who was around at that time will know what I'm talking about, Chad was super cerebral. Their personalities were very different. I mean, remember, remember Chad, you know, headbutting everybody and all that stuff. But he was super cerebral, super smart, knew what the defense was doing before they knew what they were doing and had just enough of an arm. And as a result, he was great. Chad Pennington, when he first started, was an excellent player. And when he started having shoulder injuries, he lost the quarter mile off his fastball that he didn't have to spare. Like if you took a quarter mile off the fastball of Aaron Rodgers, he could probably still beat you. But Chad couldn't. He went from being a guy who had just enough arm to not enough arm. And he went from being a really good quarterback to being a very average player. And that, but windy games were not his strong suit. And I think Mac Jones is going to be similar to that. So that, 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 that won't be a problem, you would not think, in a Super Bowl being played in L.A. So I feel pretty good about all of that yesterday, uh, uh, you know, um, if I'm the Patriots. One way or another, we could be heading towards that showdown, which I think would be outstanding. All right, uh, that, that's last night's game. Obviously a lot there, but there's other stuff I want to get to. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, here's something I just want you to know, and this is what I teased when I said, I'm going to give you some numbers on a player you already know is great, but I promise these are going to blow your mind. Bubba, you ready for this? These are numbers oh, on yeah. Aaron Rodgers. So there was a time when we were going to do a question here uh, Hembo and I were sort of cooking this up. I was going to do a poll question. Who was the greatest Packers quarterback ever? This is when I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to leave. Now that I think about it, it, because there would have been this wonderful symmetry. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers would have each played the same number of seasons as the Green Bay Packers quarterback, and they are three of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and we were going to do the question, who's the best of them all time? 
Rodgers has now played another season, and I think he's candidly putting an end to the discussion. He's, he, the answer is him. And the numbers on him versus um, Brett Favre are fascinating. Okay, are you ready for this? When Brett Favre, well, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers have thrown a very similar number of touchdowns. The contrast is in the interceptions. Brett Favre threw 286 interceptions as a Packer. That is more than any player has thrown in NFL history, regardless of team. He threw 286 picks as a Packer. Do you know how many interceptions Aaron Rodgers has thrown? Bobby, you want to guess? Brett Favre, same number of years. Rodgers has now played one more year. Uh, how many? He, he threw 286. 286. How so many do you think Aaron Rodgers has thrown? I'll, I'll, 186. 93. <laughs> <What>? The answer <laughs> is 93. Wow. At his current interception rate, right. he could start 419 more games. To be clear, that's 24 seasons and still have fewer interceptions as a Packer than Brett Favre did. Here's my favorite stat of them all. Aaron Rodgers could throw an interception on his next 138 consecutive pass attempts and still have a lower interception rate as a Packer than Brett Favre. Think about that. He could throw 138 straight picks, not even have an incompletion in that stretch, and his rate would still be lower. It's unreal. Favre's fewest interceptions in a season with Green Bay was 13. Rodgers' most in a season is 13. (laughs) Favre threw 23 career pick sixes. Rodgers has thrown three. Matt Stafford has thrown three pick sixes this year. So Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the numbers on him, I know you know he's great. You don't need me to tell you he's great. He's the boat. That's how I describe it. He's the boat. If we get Brady against Rodgers again, I'll say it again. It's the goat versus the boat. Brady is the greatest of all time. That's not debatable. The best of all time is something that is much more subjective than it is objective. And I think at this point, I think I would say Aaron Rodgers is the best I've ever seen. The fact that he's continuing to do it at this level, at this stage of his career, at this age, is what separates him. The guys I previously would have said, I'm talking about just the best players, not the most accomplished. So to me, the greatest quarterback I ever saw before Brady was Montana, but he certainly wasn't the best. The best, the, 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 I would put Marino in that discussion. Um, he didn't have anywhere near the athleticism, but that was at a time where in football that really didn't matter. I would put, for just like extraordinary talent, I would put Elway mm. in that discussion. He had the arm and he had the athleticism, the, the ability to run with it and all that kind of stuff. Those guys would be in the, in the conversation. But I think at this point I would say Rodgers. And Romo. I think, and, and, and Tony Romo would be, um, would be the pick of Bubba and perhaps no one else. So I, I, think, I think I just wanted to put those numbers out there on Rodgers because they fascinate me one way or the other. He, he could throw 138 consecutive interceptions and still have a lower interception rate as a Packer than Brett Favre did. It's ridiculous. The scoop. Okay. One more thing I want to get to with you here, and, and this is fascinating. You know what I don't like, Nuno? I don't like lazy takes. I don't like it when people will just hear a narrative, see something that seems to fit their narrative, and say, see, I told you so. And I heard that a lot when Alabama wound up the number one team 
in this year's college football playoff, and Michigan wound up two. And I heard, especially from a lot of my friends in the Midwest, all my Big Ten people and everybody else, well, this is SEC bias. This is SEC bias. You guys at ESPN, you greedy make it out like the SEC is so much better than the Big Ten. Now, look, I'm a Big Ten alum. I love the Big Ten. I will root for Michigan with every fiber of my being in the Final Four this year. And I always root for the Big Ten team regardless. But let's be fair. Who is the ultimate arbiter of this stuff? Who is someone who has no bias, who has no uh, ulterior motive in anything? The people who choose the players on the next level. The NFL. You think these guys, these general managers, these scouts, these people on draft day, they're thinking, you know, it's really important to me that the SEC dominance continues to be withheld or to be upheld. So I'm going to plan my draft board accordingly. Of course not. They're choosing the best players. Over the last five years, the SEC has had 298 players drafted. That is by a wide margin the most of any conference. And it gets further. If you look at just the first and second round, so the very best players in college football that are going on to the NFL, the SEC has had 110 players selected in the last five years, and the Big Ten has had 51. The SEC has had more than double the players drafted in the first and second round, and that's just the last five years. We could go back farther than that, and the numbers might even be more one-sided. So the point I'm making is it is a very lazy narrative to say, oh, the, people just want to prop up the SEC. No, no, no. The SEC has better players. Doesn't mean Michigan can't win. Doesn't mean Michigan isn't going to be- beat them. And it doesn't mean they didn't deserve it based upon their body of work. But the answer is not always, well, it's SEC bias. The, the, the bias is because they have the best players. That's, there's nothing wrong with just acknowledging that. I'd love to see it change. I'm a Big Ten guy. I root for the Big Ten. I watch them every single weekend. We are the best basketball conference. And right now we're the second best football conference. And that's just the reality of it. So I don't mind you wanting to argue with me about Michigan's resume. I don't mind you wanting to argue with me about the eye test. But what I don't want to hear is, well, it's just SEC bias. Because the reality is, in my opinion, that is a lazy narrative. Hambo, you agree or disagree? I agree 100%. There have been... There have been 21 games played in the college football playoffs since it started. The SEC's won 11 of them, and all other conferences have combined for 10. It works in the college, and I think it also works in the NFL, and the draft is a great illustrator. Nuno, am I, am I, are you on my side or not? Because you strike me as the one person who might be op- opposite <laughs> me in this. No, I agree with what you're saying. However, we don't want two SEC teams that just played playing again in the semifinals. We are trying to avoid it. And you could have still avoided it by bumping Michigan to one and bumping Cincinnati to, you know, in Cincinnati to, uh, to three and had Georgia four and still got Michigan. And you could have, there could have been other different ways. If you did it that way, then I would have been full conspiracy theorist. Uh, we, <laughs> we want to avoid the SEC because guys, we think that's your best matchup. All right. Well, again, the point is the SEC is making it complicated because they so frequently have two of the best four that's teams. Right. And that's why you, it's part of the reason why you need expansion. That's too. not bias. Exactly. Okay. I like that conversation coming up next. The most terrifying headline I have seen in a very long time. Greeny, the podcast.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, a million things that we have going on here today, but I have to jump in the middle of some of this to point out that something terrifying is happening. And I just want you to know about it. I think it is imperative that you do. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I told you I read a headline that scared me to death. And the headline says the following. Sharks are amassing on the East Coast amassing think about that word (laughs) they're amassing i think that they're planning something the only explanation i can give for the amassing of sharks on the east coast is that right now they have some sort of plot to overthrow us So you're saying amassing implies intent (laughs) they are amassing on the east coast i live on the east coast i think this is an organized coup So what I'm trying to tell you is I'm not now 100% convinced we are safe on land. I think I may need to move further inward, inland. We work on the seaport. We work literally. The water is directly behind us. Where we are actually sitting this moment, the water may be beneath us. That's right, or at least around you. I I think that we have the potential for something just terrible to happen here. Sharks are amassing. Off the East Coast. Now, there are a variety of questions that this has raised. As I read the story, it was in the Post. And this is Greeny, by the way, presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. A Twitter user recently raised the alarm on this by posting a screenshot of a tracker app showing about 100 sharks gathering in the Atlantic near the East Coast of the U.S., the Twitter user has the handle at punished underscore stew. And he tweeted that sharks are amassing on the East Coast. And this brings up a question, in my opinion. And Bubba, let me ask it to you. Are you less inclined to take something seriously if it is tweeted by someone whose handle is 
at punished underscore stew. Like, I appreciate the, the, that the alarm bell is being raised here. But I will just say this. When Paul Revere was riding through the streets yelling, the British are coming, the British are coming, people took him seriously. But if a guy named at punished underscore stew right. was riding through the streets of Massachusetts and New York, you know, over there by, the, by on Kipps Bay, where the British were coming, and he was yelling, the British are coming. Don't you think everyone would have said, oh, it's crazy, punish Stu again. (laughs) We don't really need to pay attention. Don't you feel, if you're going to start a new Twitter account. It loses a little bit of luster with this one. It loses its credibility. If if you're trying to sound the alarm, we are right now on the verge of being overthrown by sharks. Okay, The United States, the eastern portion of the United States, is going to be taken over by the most terrifying animal known to civilization. And at punished underscore stew is our only hope of survival. He's sounding the alarm bell. And I just don't you think if you were going to deliver a message that significant, you would change your handle so people would take it more seriously. Bubba, what do you think? I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, because it's you're, you're sounding the alarm, like you said. And it's going to be in the New York Post. Now it's on Greeny, on ESPN Radio. You're everywhere now. And now it's punished stew. I mean, what are you talking about? Let's clean that up. And there's and, an underscore in there. Yeah, underscore. I mean, like, come on. He couldn't even get punished at punished stew. <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're not in the original. <laughs> that was taken. He had to, at punished stew was taken. You're so not you in gotta, the original. Oh, yeah, stew, I mean, we got to work on this. And his, his I, I, <laughs> is that a Muppet? <laughs> it's Ernie. Yeah, one of the Ernie. Of yeah. Ernie and Bert. His, they just put his avatar <laughs> up on the screen for me. I hadn't seen this. So a man, I assume it's a man, whose Twitter handle is at Punished underscore stew and whose avatar is Ernie of Burton Ernie fame from Sesame Street is warning us of the potential overthrow of us as we know. And the story goes on to say that this graphic came from a tracking website called O Search and a spokesperson said there's no cause for concern. Hey, buddy, that's easy for you to say. I'm working right on the river here. I got a hundred sharks amassing and plotting against me within close proximity. So I would describe myself as a tad concerned. Would you not? I would have described myself as a tad concerned. I'm a lot more concerned about the bears that are apparently in our neighborhood. We were seeing that on the on the community Facebook page. That's a lot more of an imminent threat. There are bears in the South Street Seaport? No, in my neighborhood, Greeny, in the, in the, the, the uh, New Jersey suburbs. Do you understand... How little concern that is to me. <laughs> bears in the seaport would be pretty amazing. If we had bears in this, I'd rather have bears in the seaport than sharks in the seaport. Bears of by land, sharks of by sea. I tell you right now, thank goodness for at punished underscore stew. He could wind up being the most important person in human history. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.